It's the e-commerce master plan podcast here to help you solve your marketing problems and grow your e-commerce business. Cutting through the hype to bring you inspiration and advice from the e-commerce sector and beyond. Here's your host, Chloe Thomas. Hello and welcome to this episode of the e-commerce master plan podcast. I'm Chloe, the creator and host of this award-winning show, and it's my aim in every episode to help you to find ways to improve your e-commerce business. In today's episode, we are catching up with one of our podcast guests from last year. One of those we had on who was giving us kind of that early read on how they were adapting to what the pandemic had led to for them. And we're catching on about almost exactly 12 months since we last caught up to see with all that's happened in the last 12 months, what uh, what happened to them and how it's gone. We're going to be getting into some interesting stuff around how businesses change, products change, customers change. Uh, we're also going to be talking a bit around what they're doing with some PWA sites, so those ones where you are creating something more slickly, more simply in a format that's awesome for mobile. So it's both easier and quicker to create and also a lot faster. And we're going to be talking about expanding to other countries and lots, lots and lots and lots and lots of cool stuff. I always enjoy my catch-ups with Ian and I, I hope you will too. Before we get into that though, please do check out the sponsors. This podcast is brought to you by Clavio, the ultimate e-commerce marketing platform for brands of all kinds and sizes. Whether you're an entrepreneur just starting out or you're part of a marketing team at a multinational brand, Clavio will give you everything you need to create memorable marketing moments, building customer relationships that keep shoppers coming back time and time again. Get started with a free account today. Visit clavio.com slash masterplan. That's K-L-A-V-I-Y-O dot com slash master plan. This message comes from e-commerce master plan sponsor Wix e-commerce, the industry leading e-commerce platform with advanced online storefront features. Wix e-commerce is the complete solution for entrepreneurs, omnichannel retailers and brands to launch, run and scale their online stores successfully. Go to wix.com slash e-commerce. That's wix.com slash e-commerce today and join over 700,000 active stores selling worldwide with Wix e-commerce. And now to introduce today's special guest. Ian Leslie is the CMO at US Homewares Brands, Industry West and Favour. It all started with Industry West in 2010 and then Favour launched in 2019. Across the two brands in Q4, the e-commerce sales were a 70% up, driving full company 25% year-on-year growth. And for those of you who heard our last interview, you will know quite how astounding that is. And in Q1, e-commerce was up 120%. So now e-commerce alone for the two brands is over $10 million a year. Hello, Ian. Hey, how are you? Good to be here. I'm good. I'm really interested to have you back. I always love having a guest back on the show to find out what's happened. Um, but looking back at what we talked about last time, it is crazy how much has gone in, on in the world in the last 12 months, let alone based on the numbers I just read out, uh, what you guys have been up to. So how have things been? Uh, insane. Yeah, it's it's been a crazy 12 months. Um, the As you mentioned, I mean, e-commerce has exploded. Um, we've seen incredible growth on our consumer end, and we've seen uh, a drop on the on the trade side. Um, so a little background on, on who we are, Industry West. We've been around for about 
well, actually 10 years this year uh, on the dime. Um, and we sell furniture to uh, e-commerce focused uh, company selling furniture to the trade and to residential side, consumer side. And when I talk about the trade, I always like to explain that um, we are not talking about wholesale, but rather like a pizzeria, coffee shop, or um, anything from internal, external procurement for, you know, a Google HQ, Airbnb HQ, Yankee Stadium, food court, that sort of thing. And obviously over the past 12 months, I mean, uh, the trade has dropped. I mean, people aren't buying for office space, aren't buying for hospitality. Uh, but we, with that, we've seen an incredible uptick in consumer side, people wanting softer goods, uh, a lot of beds, a lot of sofas, a lot of lounge chairs and people trying to redo their space. And with that has come just incredible, uh, growth in e-com. I'm guessing the likes of Google and the Yankee Stadium weren't ordering that many beds and sofas, probably a few sofas. But so has it been product development ha happened as a result of everything that's happened as well? New product lines? Yeah, for sure. It's been we've had to take a lot of time to figure out what are the what are the fabrics, what are the colors, what are the products. Um, we're even starting to look at um, like kind of a bath line, um, you know, more bathroom focused stuff. So, I mean, I think, yeah, definitely trying to pivot in that direction and pivot with manufacturers in that direction and, um, frankly, trying to get out from under the thousands and thousands of bar stools that we had waiting for, <laughs> um, waiting for the hamburger joints and uh, coffee shops to buy. Yeah. And, uh, and you mentioned, you've, you've just explained Industry West. Do you want to explain a little bit about Favor as well? Because last time we talked, Favor was like the, wow, thank God we launched that last year. Yeah, yeah. So last year, right, we, we launched Favor in favorof.com, which was a lot of uh, home decor and smaller items. And um, that was doing incredibly well. Um, it's and, and definitely got that COVID bump, which I think we've seen tick down a little bit. Um, definitely not where we were at this point last year, but still trying to figure out that brand to an extent. You know, I like to think of it as definitely being a, um, a startup brand that's sort of venture backed by industry West. So we're, you know, we're trying to get our feet under us in terms of like what the right path is and, uh, still working with suppliers. But I mean, it's really exciting actually today, as we, we speak, we had an appearance on the Drew Barrymore show, um, wow. favor did. Yeah, we had a product plug on the show and we've actually started seeing orders tick through already today from the product on that show. So um, that was a pretty big win for us. So I, mean, I think what's amazing about favor is like we always say like we did a really amazing job on on and not so much me, uh, but the team that worked on that and and Karen and, and that whole team of like um, just developing the story around that brand and the narrative and, and it being um, a female founded brand um, that is very uh, interested in sustainability and maker culture. And I think that's gone a long way. And I think I think the narrative is amazing. And now it's just a matter of figuring out the channels and continue to work on the production side. It's interesting you mentioned the, the narrative and that kind of emotional connection side of things, because I think one of the softer impacts I've seen of the pandemic is the consumer desire for more emotional connection with the brands, more story connection and a greater interest in sustainability. Is that something you've, you've seen as you've been embracing the consumer more across both brands? Or is it more, I want a great product? Is it is it simpler in, in the world of furniture? You know, I think that's a great question. And it's one I struggle with pre-COVID and, and one I continue to struggle with. I don't know. Have you seen the uh, have you seen the WeWork documentary on Hulu? 
No, I haven't, but that's being looked at this weekend, if not before. But it's so like spoiler alert, um, we work was insane. But like, I think one thing I tweeted out after watching that was like, the millennial narrative has us convinced that building a growing, profitable, sustainable, responsible company isn't enough if it doesn't come with a side of world change. Mm-hmm. And like, I feel like, and that was sort of like the WeWork story, right? It was like, who cares? Like, like Scott Galloway said was like, WeWork selling like for Lord's sake, like they're renting desks and they had everyone thinking that like, you know, they were changing the world's culture somehow. And like, I think that like, I've always struggled with that. It's like, we have a really nice product. Like it's, it's product that you're not going to put in the dumpster in a year. Like it's going to last you 15, 20 years. Do you need the rest? Does it need to be like, you know, biodegradable and does it need to be like, have all this amazing story and background? Like, I think it does still matter to an extent, but I feel like it matters more to the media than it does to the actual consumer. Like, I think the consumer wants a nice bed. They want it delivered quickly. And when they like put it together, they don't want, they want to feel like it's not going to fall apart under them. Like, and they want to photo and they want to Instagram it. Like they want to take a nice picture and say like, look at my amazing new cane bed, you know? (laughs) Yeah. I think there's, there's kind of that difference between the, the, I always think think of things often as though the hygiene level is raising and like the hygiene level for sustainability and for the ethical side of things is right. raising now. So people want to see when they look at the product page, a tick box. They want to tick, oh yes, this isn't unsustainable, I suppose. Mm-hmm. This isn't unethical. But then there's a huge consumer gap between those who want that to, to feel relaxed about their purchasing decisions and those who want to find the most sustainable bed option. You know, there's those of us who will go... I'm going to pick the uh, the cotton sheets rather than the plastic polyester sheets. Sure. And then you've got those who are like, well, cotton uses more water than bamboo in its production. And that one's been flown in from China. So I can't possibly buy. So there's kind of like those levels, I think, between the consumers. I guess what I'm saying is the hygiene level that people are expecting is coming up. And so if you haven't ticked those boxes, you might lose out. Yeah. I mean, I think that's a great point. And I think like, I mean, I think there's always going to be that like, and 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 I don't want to I don't want to underplay that by any means. Like I mean, right? Like there was like a, a spark. I don't, don't want to name any names, but like there was a sparkling water brand, and like people were like, "Oh my gosh, it has formaldehyde in it," and they're like, "Well, I'm not gonna drink that." Like you know, like if I find out like the cane bed that I bought has like Lord knows what in it, like definitely don't want that. So I mean, and I, and of course there has to be like a, a, a um just like make sure, like are we working with like morally like. Hmm. responsible factories and, and vendors and people like, of course, like that, that's critical. And it's something that like we, like Jordan tours all our factories pre COVID, you know? And like, I think that's really important, but I think in terms of like this whole narrative of it's just overplayed to an extent, I do feel it is overplayed to an extent, but you're completely right. Also is that you're going to have that segment that that's like, that's what they look at. And um, that's the most important thing. So we're not going to see any uh, any industry West Facebook ads focusing on the uh, the forests that the wood came from anytime soon. <laughs> nah, I don't think so. Uh, uh, and I, maybe I'm coming off like way too harsh on this. <laughs> no, no, like- I don't think you are because I think I think it's a really good sense check to my question or, or to my thought, which which kind of took us down this road, which is 
is there is that difference between the table stakes level of being involved. So, you you know, you've got to not be running a sweatshop. You've ideally not going to be encouraging people to throw away the product within two months of buying it. But you don't necessarily have to become an earth mother to continue connecting with the customers. I think that's a good way to put it. I think that's that's a better way of putting it than I did. <laughs> <laughs> well, it came from what you said, so I think you can take credit for that one too. Yeah, no, but I think that, I think that's really that's important. And and I think as you can hear, like my angst of like of just really kind of unpack the narrative of e-com and D2C in general, and like and just like and I think we talked a little bit about this before, but like I mean, my thing of like every time I talk to someone's like, is there anything else that we should mention. And I'm like, we're bootstrapped. Like we're a bootstrapped company. And it's like this whole narrative of like, we're venture backed and we, but like we have this slight thing that makes everyone think that we're going to change the world. So we're going to get all this press. Whereas like, we're a good company. Like we're just good people. Like I'm not like, Mm. I'm not saying like, you know, I jaywalk with the next guy, but like, you know, like we're, we're morally good company that cares about our employees, cares about our customers. Like we, we, we do talk, like we just, we're talking about like just actually our for our 10 year anniversary, like doing a video of our employees, like uh, just iPhone videos to share with our manufacturers, because this has been a trying time for our manufacturers. And we appreciate the ones that have stayed with us, you know, as things back up at the ports, like, and, um, and so like just, just stuff like that. But like, if you don't have this like collective, like our sofa is going to change the collective consciousness sort of attitude. It's like some people won't even look at you, but I don't know. Yeah, I'm 42, you know, like, I don't know. I'm, I'm jaded already. Yeah. See, I'm 40. So maybe we're just, maybe we're just too I old think, to understand. Yeah. Oh, so you, see, so you're still, I think you're technically still in the millennial. Oh, I am. Yeah. I am technically a millennial, but. Yeah, I'm not. I'm 79. <laughs> yeah, barely, barely made it. Yeah, I, I didn't have a mobile phone until uh, I went to uni. So um, I don't know. Sometimes I, I seem like a millennial, but I think I have more in common with the people older than me than I do the people younger than me. I don't know how much of this you're going to cut, but it's actually funny. Like when I tell my kids I bought my wife her first cell phone when we were dating and they're like freaked out by it. They're like, what do you mean she didn't have a cell phone growing up? And I was like, yeah, like I bought it when, for her when she was 20. Like, and yeah, it was funny. Yeah, and that that would have been a huge gift then, but but we are we are going off track. We and digress. I'm not, cu- I'm not yeah. cutting any of this because I think it's interesting, and I think it will resonate with certainly the over forties who are listening, yeah. if not the children. Um, so, in what we haven't yet explained is what platform you're selling on, because I know people out there will be going, "Are you on Shopify? Are you on Magento? Are you on something else?" So, what are, what are you guys selling via? Right now, I sell on Magento Enterprise or Commerce Cloud. Mm-hmm. But by the time this comes out, it'll be Adobe Enterprise. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, I, I'm Magento. We've been on Magento for as long as I've been there. Originally, Industry West was a, a Drupal site when it was running like 10 SKUs. And then it moved to, as I tweeted yesterday, we were, went from Magento Community, and then they called Community Open Source. And then we moved to enterprise and then enterprise got called commerce and we're on commerce cloud and then as they announced yesterday which is no surprise that magento the brand of magento will be going away and it'll all be adobe commerce yeah it's been a long time coming hasn't it yeah it was actually two years ago when i think i got off the plane at like coming back from imagine when they dropped the press release that adobe had acquired magento and everyone knew from that point forward yeah that it was in the cards yeah well, we could probably talk about that for a while, but 
that's probably irrelevant too. So let's we'll we'll we'll, we'll skip off that one. But um, and the team, we should probably cover off the team quickly because um, you are bootstrapped, so you're doing this pretty lean, aren't you? We are. Yeah, we have ecom director, we have um, photo and uh, graphic design in house, a couple of content people in house, just in terms of uploading product. But then after that, um, we're really all outsourced in terms of our SI team, our digital media buying team. But yeah, we're, we're very lean for, I'd say, you know, for the size of our company, um, we're particularly lean. Quick question, what does SI stand for? Systems integrators, I'm sorry. No, that's okay. And has that team grown much in the last 12 months? Because obviously the sales and the focus on e-commerce has shifted a lot. Yeah. Has that made changes to who you've got working on it? Since we spoke, we, we added an e-commerce director. So as, as CMO, I was actually the de, de facto e-com director. And, and that was my background too, was in digital lead gen, demand gen. So that was kind of easy for me, but definitely grew out of that position and, and needed um, someone who could lead that team, but then also was able to front end code some. So we did add that position and he's been an amazing um, addition. You know, we've added a little bit in terms of managing like the the product itself and managing like flags in terms of like back order, pre-order sort of stuff. I mean, we, we are looking to grow. I'd say it's been less, less growth and more maneuvering, like more like, okay, we're not trade heavy. We don't have these huge, you know, hospitality orders that require hours to put together anymore. Mm-hmm. So we need more like just, just, we need a lot of people at keyboards and phones, just answering emails from customers and taking calls from customers and, and, and being a little bit more consumer friendly than, than we have been in the past, to be honest. So, um, yeah, I'd say it's less growth and more, more maneuvering. Our FTEs haven't changed that much, but maybe like, a few higher salary positions have become maybe two medium salary positions, but overall, not a ton of growth on the on the staffing side. Um, the warehouse has been very busy. <laughs> uh, some some growth there, but I don't know those numbers specifically. Yeah, I can imagine. Rather than shipping out hundreds of chairs at a time, they're sending one. Yeah, once. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I do think the warehouse teams are like the unsung heroes of all that's gone on in, in the last twelve months. For sure, Bless and we them. have a we have a ninety nine percent, generally ninety nine percent shipper, uh, you know, shipment efficacy or you know accuracy rate, which is amazing. So I mean, I think that definitely needs to be appreciated. Definitely, here, here to all the warehouse people who are tuning in. Um, Right. Uh, let's change tack a little bit. Uh, question about the last 12 months in. Last question about the last 12 months. Is there one thing looking back you wish you'd done sooner, I suppose, rather than differently? Um, I mean, one thing that I wish we'd done, we, have, we still haven't done and I wish we, we have done was um, buy now, pay later uh, on the site. Uh, we had worked with a firm a couple of years ago. It didn't go great for whatever reason and we we uh bailed um and now we're we're back on the path of um getting a, a buy now pay later option uh on the site we actually just launched uh, Afterpay on on favor so i mean i think I, I i regret that i think that would have what did we say you know q1 was 125 30 40% growth um i mean i think it it could have been uh higher um so yeah definitely regret that it's amazing looking at some of the stats I've seen of the consumer adoption and the brands that buy now, pay later are looking for is that it's it's not necessarily the people you would assume 
the consumers you would assume using buy now play later yes the fast fashion it's going great but also a lot of older demographics are really loving a buy now pay later option i mean i love it for i mean i got my apple card and i you know or i guess that's a little bit different because there's you know it's more credit card and cash backy and whatever but still like yeah why not like i have zero percent interest on able to i bought my wife a new macbook air and it's zero percent interest over you know 12 months like yeah why not? Why not? <laughs> like, Why yeah. not? Um, so yeah, yeah I, I agree. Yeah, I think it. You, I think you're right. I think it has changed. I mean, I haven't seen as much of a narrative of um, lately as uh, of it being uh, <laughs> Satan spawn as um, you know we'd seen um, about it two years ago, where it was like this was um, you know akin to payday lending. Um, but um, yeah, so uh, but all yeah, I think I think you're right. Yeah, I think consumers sometimes deserve a little bit more credit than we give them when it comes to finance. Um, but that's another whole other podcast and not one for an e-commerce show. So in this, let's look forward because you're doing some some uh, quite clever, some quite big stuff in the next uh, in the coming months, aren't you? Especially around the Canada launch. Yeah, so um, really excited about this. Uh, so. In February, we launched um, a warehouse sale, which you can Google and see a lot of, of media about that we that I've already talked about. But I think one of the cooler parts of it was um, the site was uh, on Scandi PWA. It was our first um, kind of gambit into running PWA. So uh, if you're counting, that is now our third, actually technically our fourth, because industrywest.com does have like a, a, a trade site technically. So it's actually our the, the warehouse that was our fourth site running off of Magento. And now we are going to clone uh, that warehouse site and run scan the PWA for uh, a Canada subdomain. Uh, so that will now be our fifth website that we're running off of Magento, the same Magento backend, which, I mean, we could talk about it if you want, but everyone asks like why I made the decision of Magento over Shopify all those years ago. And I wish I could say I had this hindsight, but I mean, I do think this is a big piece of it, our ability to run, all these sites off of the same instance. But yeah, I think for Canada, like I'm super excited. Uh, we're working with Shipper HQ to get all the um, the duties and, and, and shipping rates worked out for Canada. And I think us getting into Canada more, um, we have shipped to Canada, we always have, but we, we haven't been as deliberate about marketing up there and about having a site that will serve Canada as we will be. So uh, we are looking to have that live for, for Canada Day, uh, early July. So that'll, that'll be good. And you, I want to ask a couple of questions around this because you, well, first off, just for those of you listening, uh, the warehouse sales stuff, I will find out from Ian after we finish recording what the best link to give you for what that all was about. And we'll add it to the show notes so you can go and dive into that. Cool. For those of you who are just totally distracted by where do I find this? I will give you a link. Um, (laughs) But what I wanted to do was come back to the PWAs because you must have been super impressed with that PWA platform to decide that you were going to launch in Canada with that kind of mobile first approach rather than going full site build, if that makes sense. Yeah. So, wow, this is a big matzo ball to unpack. Um, so, <laughs> um, I think I got a little caught up in PWA and headless, you know, 18 months ago and just I think just the speed like associated with it. And I was like, yes, yes, I want faster. I want snappier. Like, let's do it. So we really launched, we did the Scandi PWA as like a pilot um, for the warehouse sale as a pilot to see how we could kind of iterate it for the WWW site. Um, 
it, to be honest, like I love how the warehouse sales site performed and how, um, it, the revenue was great. We did, we did a great job with it. Uh, it took way longer than we expected. Um, and I think a lot of it is just like, unfortunately I tend to be out probably too out front on things. Um, like I think we were actually like one of the first five websites that were ever on uh, commerce cloud with Magento. And I think we're one of the earlier websites to, to do us to do Scandi PWA. So, um, and I think our implementation is probably one of the best ones that I've seen. So a lot of our headaches were with um, with something called MSI, which is uh, was multi-site inventory or multi-source inventory. That uh, there were just a lot of unforeseens, and we just it just kind of delayed us. But once we got it up, it was great, and I think it was just so snappy and so amazing um, that we we're really happy with it. And then I think where I see the value now is just in our ability to it's easier to clone and easier to just kind of spin up now new sites than it was, would be to spin up everything that we have going for, for industry West and like for the WWW site. And then I think it, so then I think it comes like, there comes a point where it's like, I think something in the industry people are too, aren't willing to consider it is like, what is a viable MVP? Right. Mm-hmm. And I, that was totally, that's a redundant, I guess, viable MVP is redundant, but <laughs> like, like when I clone the Scandi PW for Canada, like, is it going to have all the bells and whistles that WWW has? Is it going to have like all of the auto- automated marketing com? Like, is it going to have all the stuff, you know, that we have for the, for, for United States? Like, no, but is it going to be profitable and is it going to bring in cash? And is it going to like, you know, be a huge awareness play in Canada? Like for sure. So I mean, I think we'll, we'll get there. Like we'll, we'll ramp up to it. But I mean, I think, yeah, to your point, yes. I mean, I'm happy with it. I think it's performed amazingly well. Uh, I think we learned a lot of lessons and we'll, we'll iterate on those. I love the fact that it's kind of, um, like you said, are you going to do all the whistles and bangs on day one in Canada? No. So actually what you need is something which you can quickly deploy that to the consumer is going to give them a perfectly good experience. Right. But which almost stops you from getting too obsessed with making everything perfect because you're not starting from the US website and cutting back. You're starting from a simple warehouse sale site and building up, which makes you question, do we actually need this? Do we actually need this? Do we actually need this? Yeah. I think, again, I think you put it better than I did. Like, I think, um, I think that's a perfect point. And I think where we are with WWW is, or the US site is like, what can we cut back to, make that site faster because I don't think I can afford to put that site on PWA. Like, I just think the development costs of that are just going to be too high. And I think the issue and then, and then tying in all of our third party SaaS. So um, I think it's like, okay, what do we cut back from, from the regular install to make it faster? And then how do we gradually develop on the Canada site to make it, you know, to add the third party stuff that we want? I'm seeing like, the US and the Canada site slowly merge towards Merging each other. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think a lot of that comes with like the bootstrap nature too, right? Like if we had millions and millions and millions of dollars in the bank that we could sit on and, and just say, oh, let's just redevelop it and do a multi, you know, a multi-language, multi-currency kind of site and money's no issue. Uh, but, you know, money is an issue. So, <laughs> And that's one of the beauties of bootstrapping is it makes you do things a bit more cleverly, a bit more sensibly because you know you might have sat there and gone actually 
if you had all the cash, you go, right, we'll just clone the US site. And then 12 months, 12 months later, it finally goes live. Right. Having right. cost far more than it deserves to for Canada, for a Canada launch. No offense, Canadian listeners. No offense, Canada. Um, <laughs> And uh, and away you go. So uh, I think it, think it makes it makes total sense. Um, I just want to cover off a couple of techie things we've said for the listeners who are screaming. What do, what are you talking about? Uh, <laughs> before we go into the top tips round, the first one is what is PWA all about? I'm not the technical go to on this. I mean, I think at the um, at the highest level, I think like essentially headless slash PWA, and I'm probably conflating terms that don't belong together, is where um, the theme lives offsite of the major uh, of like kind of the Magento backend. So the database is pulling in from one set place, and the theme is pulling in from another. So the theme is kind of displaying much faster to the end user, and not being powered by the same area that the Database is being powered from, um, and that's about as technical as I can. I know enough to be, I know enough to be dangerous, um, and definitely should not be your PWA guest. Cool. No, that's okay. I, I don't. You're not our PWA guest. We just need to explain what it is for the for the audience, which is cool. So, so guys, PWA really cool way to quickly make things faster and launch new sites, basically, isn't it? Uh, you explained it better than I did that time. And Scandi PWA, is that an Adobe slash Magento specific thing or is that something that works elsewhere? That is specifically to Magento Adobe, though it's not in-house to Magento Adobe. So uh, Magento Adobe does have their own PWA studio suite that they offer. We did not use that. We went with Scandi PWA. Uh, so, um, but Scandi PWA is specific. It can only be used on Adobe Magento. Got it. I think hopefully we've made more sense to the audience. We may have made less sense and got overly techy there, but I'm sure some of you have appreciated it. Yeah. So I think on that note, it's time we got lighthearted again, listened to the sponsors and then did the top tips. E-commerce master plan is supported by some of the greatest companies in the e-commerce sector. Here's a reminder of who they are. Success in 2021 means building stronger relationships with your customers. Last year saw a lot of consumers switching to buy online, leading to surges in new customer acquisition. So how are you planning on turning your new first-time buyers into profitable repeat customers? Well, that's what Clavio is for. Clavio helps businesses create memorable marketing moments through email, SMS and personalised website experiences. And that is what creates repeat purchases. That's why Clavio, the ultimate e-commerce marketing platform, Platform is used by over 50,000 e-commerce brands around the world. Get started with your free account today. Visit clavio.com slash masterplan. That's K-L-A-V-I-Y-O dot com slash masterplan. This message comes from e-commerce masterplan sponsor Wix e-commerce, the industry-leading e-commerce platform with advanced online storefront features. Wix e-commerce is the complete solution for entrepreneurs, omnichannel retailers and brands to launch, run and scale their online stores successfully. Go to wix.com slash e-commerce, that's w-i-x.com slash e-commerce today and join over 700,000 active stores selling worldwide with Wix e-commerce. It's time for the top tips round. Okay, I love this section because it gives me and our listeners some really quick ideas for taking our businesses to the next level. So Ian, are you ready for the top tips? Always. 
Excellent. Okay, the book top tip. If everyone listening to this podcast agreed to take Friday off and read a book to make their business better, which book would you recommend? I have been reading um, How the Post Office Created America, uh, A History of History. So, I mean, I think it's um, specific to e-commerce, no. But, I mean, I think it's critical, particularly as we saw uh, late in 2020, how critical USPS is to... um, to the country, to our moving product. Um, I, for one, prior to 2020, was actually not a huge fan of USPS. And I was always wondering why we were supplementing uh, or subsidizing um, this failing uh, system um, and really couldn't think of anything other than Lance Armstrong when it came to USPS. Um, but I mean, I think it's an important book to read if you're in the D2C e-commerce space and really just really how critical it is, um, especially for, I mean, we we ship so much LTL, you know, and we ship um, freight because we're shipping beds and chairs and, and sofas. Uh, but I mean, I think, you know, if you're shipping watches and t-shirts and hats and whatever, like, I think it's critical that you really understand the history of, of how your product's getting there. Nice. I like it. A bit of a sideways look at something that's essential to all of us. Yeah. Okay. The traffic top tip, which marketing method do you either prize above all others or think doesn't get the press it deserves? So one thing I've been talking about a lot lately is um, white label market or or advertising through some of our um, publishers that we work with. So for instance, uh, we've been working with Condé Nast on having a shared pixel with them. We provide them the creative. They are going out across um, their network to show our creative, but under their name, essentially, right? On Facebook, Instagram, et cetera. Uh, but because they have a pixel on our site, it is you know optimizing for whatever we choose to optimize for, uh, in our case, conversions. Um, and th- it's gone incredibly well. Um, it's been something where it's usually with publishers uh, and publisher properties. It's like, okay, we'll try a flight for a quarter. And um, I'm like, yeah, I don't know, you know, did we get awareness? Do we get this? We didn't really see the clicks. This has been something where it's like really um, we can continue to scale up, I think, or, can, or it's been an ongoing kind of spend with them. And probably one, I don't know why I keep giving it as a tip because I don't want others to take advantage of it. But, <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, it's got, it's gone well. So white labeling with, you know, doing white label ads with, with different publishers um, has been really good. And is that advertising on their network with their pixel on your site or is that them advertising elsewhere? So they're sharing a Facebook pixel with us and then it's mostly just across their Instagram, Facebook, other social media kind of channels. Um, and it's uh, under their under their mast, but with our creative we're providing and um, and transparency because we're able to share the pixel. Typically, you do these flights, uh, you know, a site takeover or whatever, and it's just you really don't have the like you have their click through metrics and you have your on site metrics, and they never really seem to equal out to a one to one. But with this, because there is that pixel sharing, um, we're definitely uh, having a bit more transparency. And then we're also segmenting that traffic and via uh, Nasto and uh, so are able to personalize the experience a bit more, knowing that they're coming in specifically through an architectural digest or an El Decor or a veranda or whatever it may be. Very nice. Okay, uh, the tool top tip, maybe a collaboration tool, a social media plugin, a phone app or just a way of working. Is there a cool little tool you use that makes you and your team more efficient from day to day? I don't have one that's more efficient. I mean, I think, well, this is probably efficiency, but I mean, I'm really excited about um, us getting online with Refersion as our affiliate platform. We had kind of dealt with a more legacy affiliate platform in the past, and it was 
what you would expect from a legacy platform. I think Refersion has done a really good job of of uh, making the process a lot easier for both the um, the vendor or the merchant, myself, and then the the publisher. And uh, we're we're like we're basically live. We're just kind of moving over some and dotting our eyes, crossing our T's. But just what I've seen from the behind the scenes there, and being able to provide creative and promo codes, and just and and just the whole process in general, Refersion has has been really cool. So um, I'm really excited to see what what that generates for us. Interesting. And the last one, the growth top tip. If you met someone today who's focused on growing their e-commerce business from 100 orders per month to 1,000, what would be your number one tip for them? Uh, I think last time I just said, like, check everything, right? Like, just optimize and and do the basics well. Um, Yeah, you know, I don't know that that's really changed. Um, That's okay. It doesn't have to change. Yeah. I mean, I think doing the basics well, I think also, I mean... I, I've gone also, I have a few tangents I go on on Twitter. Um, and I think one of them has been like the sales culture and people shying away from the sales culture. And I don't think there's anything wrong with running sales, especially now with how e-commerce heavy everything is. I mean, I think we're in the biz and like, I, I don't know. I think it goes, it goes to like this, again, this whole narrative of like, we're, we're too good to, to run sales. But I mean, I think, I don't think there's anything wrong with being a, a um, an e-commerce company that, you know, does the 10% off modal and does a sale every, you know, couple of weeks and, and all that. I mean, I think that's a good way to generate traffic. I will say like pivoting back to the warehouse sale really quickly, all of our audience that we gained or pushed to that sale was via our earned channels. So it was all went through either an email campaign or through our earned social media channels. We didn't do any paid advertising and 70% of the sales were first time customers. So what I'm getting to is that these were people who already had a relationship with the brand, but never checked out. So they obviously liked our brand, but weren't in at that price point. Mm-hmm. And once we offered them a price point, albeit like one time a year, they hopped all over it. So I think that is a really interesting thing to think about is that you have people out there who who want to be evangelists of your brand, but maybe the price point just isn't quite there. And even if you give them an opportunity, albeit maybe one just once a year or twice a year, they're going to hop all over it. Like it. Okay. Ian, before we say goodbye, would you like to let listeners know where they can find you and uh, and the business on web and social media, please? Sure. So Industry West is uh, industrywest.com. And we also have a showroom at uh, 14 Crosby Street in Soho, New York. And then in favor of is in favor of.com. And then I and all my hot takes are uh, IR Leslie, I-R-L-E-S-L-I-E on Twitter. I highly recommend following Ian on Twitter because uh, he covers some really interesting topics and shares some really interesting examples too. Well, look, Ian, thank you so much for coming back on the show again. It's been as interesting as it was last time catching up with you. So thanks for coming on and sharing so much. Of course. I feel like Alec Baldwin in like who's on Saturday Night Live all the time. <laughs> well, well, we'll get you back again in that case then. <laughs> yeah, do I, do I, I should get like, I don't get like a jacket for my third appearance. I don't know, but I do, I do have on the... Uh, I do have to, I owe you a mug at some point. Oh, so when yeah, I get around so. to creating the e-commerce master plan mugs, there's one okay. coming your way. Perfect. Well, always enjoy it. Thank you.
Oh, so nice to catch up with Ian again. As you can tell, we went slightly off-piste at times there, but I think you hopefully got lots of, of insight and ideas. It's always inspiring to hear him talk and the way he thinks about the business and how they're improving it. We have just agreed on the best link to give you all about their warehouse sale. So you'll find that in the show notes, along with uh, bits and pieces about everything we've been talking about today, including those top tips at ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash podcast. There you can also add yourself to our email list so you don't miss out on any of the other things I share to help you improve your business. Now, there's a couple of things which Ian mentioned in his top tips that we've covered in quite a lot of detail over on our sister podcast, Keep Optimising. So just want to let you know about those episodes. The first one, he was talking about white labelling the ad spend with Condé Nast using the same um, functionality. uh, You can do something called dark posting with your influencers. It takes too long to explain it right here, right now. But if you want to know more about that kind of clever partnership stuff with Facebook ads, then have a listen to my interview with uh, John Hagen over on Keep Optimising. It's episode number 34. And then he was raving about their new affiliate marketing tool. If you're going affiliates, what's affiliates? I need to know more about affiliates. Or you want to improve your affiliate marketing, then you really should check out the whole series we did on affiliates, which is episodes 41 to 44. And that went live just a couple of months ago. Had some amazing guests giving us some really good insight on how to get started with affiliates and on how to improve your existing campaigns. Oh, well, look, thank you so much for tuning into this episode of the e-commerce master plan podcast. I bring you a new interview every week because I want to inspire and help as many business owners as possible to succeed and thrive with their businesses. So please, please, please do tell the other e-commerce business owners, you know, because I would love to help them as well. I hope you have a great week and please do keep optimizing. Thank you for listening to the e-commerce master plan podcast. Find out more at ecommercemasterplan.com slash podcast.